Welcome to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. In this podcast, we tackle difficult issues related to living, loving, and leading in a broken world. We hope you are encouraged by today's episode. Welcome to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. Hey, John, it's always fun to be with you. Good to be with you, Mark. All right, so we were out here chatting before the we sat down in the conference room, and you know we've always joked about the fact that you know the B rolls always they've always got the the recorder going, and I've had a couple of guys tell me they probably could blackmail both of us with <laughs> content, uh, not really, but we do you know, have some crazy conversations. Yeah, though. yeah, we have some fun times. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that came up because you just returned from a missions trip, I just returned from overseas. Somebody asked the question, "What's the weirdest thing we've ever?" eaten so what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten yeah well actually in Viet- in vietnam when i was there they put a python around my neck and um i'm not a, i'm not afraid of snakes but uh, they, uh I, i'm not a big fan but anyways years ago i ate rattlesnakes so okay. i had somebody that had prepared rattlesnakes so uh, i think that was kind of where our conversation went so it was actually you know i think like they say about everything it tastes like chicken chicken. (laughs) yeah but uh yeah so that's probably my wildest thing how about yourself you lived in the middle east so you probably ate some crazy stuff well you know for the most part our food was amazing yeah i mean i i literally can count on one hand of all the I don't think I'm exaggerating to say thousands of people Mm -hmm. who we interacted with who came through the country, you know, so not locals, but people who came through the country over the years who would eat Jordanian food. I can count on one hand the people who didn't think it was like the best food they ever ate in their life. So, you know, I mean, most people and those five people, you know, they wouldn't like anything anywhere. (laughs) So, you know, but there were some things that they ate occasionally that were not on my normal you know, I did not grow up eating internal organs of of animals and, you know, especially, you know, everything they did with sheep. So, you know, stuff, spleen, brain, spinal cord, kidneys, liver, um, intestines, stomach. Yeah, yeah, all those, you know, and well, and occasionally some of the things that were not internal, but stuff we don't eat. <laughs> yeah, inside joke, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, even you know, I was in Ireland, but I visited Scotland a few times, and haggis would be a oh, yeah. pretty disgusting thing to um, to eat, in my opinion. I would agree. Yeah, I think yes. You kind of wonder how how. How much, how starving did you have to be? <laughs> or who was the first guy that's like, let's eat some sheep brain and just see how it goes, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, but it, it is fun. You know, I, I love the old expression of uh, Elizabeth Elliot, you know, who's with the Lord now, famous missionary and then writer, spokesperson for missions. She used to say the missionary prayer was, Lord, I'll get it down if you'll keep it down. <laughs> Very good. Well, she said that was the second chapter. First verse was, where he leads me, I will follow. What he feeds me, I will swallow. <laughs> and then she said the second verse was, I'll get it down if you'll keep it down. I have a friend who lives, uh, who lived for many years in Asia, and he said the hardest thing he's ever had to deal with was the fermented yak milk oh. that they serve in Mongolia. Uh, we, we had a guy in Ireland, uh, he was an international guy, but he would let the milk curl for like, like I mean, it would be like two or three weeks, 
and then drink it because oh, it's like killed some bio whatever in your stomach. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> it killed me. <laughs> I mean, it was disgusting. Oh, but, wow. you know, every culture has its thing, right? <laughs> yes. And now on this fine note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are the things we talk about. We got no, there is no practical way to transition to anything uh, after this warm up. But we do want to, uh, we're talking about a, an important subject today. Mm. One that is talked about a lot both in the secular world and in the church world, uh, yeah. and that is the subject of burnout. Yeah. So, uh, as you know, we hear almost regularly, I mean, about ministers who are suffering from burnout, mm-hmm. but we also hear about corporate leaders who are suffering from burnout. Yeah. We hear about people making very unwise decisions to the point mm-hmm. of like, how could you possibly think you were going to get away with that? Yeah. And almost inevitably, it goes to the point of, well, I was suffering for burnout. I wasn't thinking rationally. I wasn't thinking reasonably. You know, people walk away from long-term relationships in these kind of situations. So mm-hmm. I know you've dealt with pastors. I've dealt with pastors. I've dealt with missionaries. We've dealt with people in the church and outside the church who've dealt with burnout. What are your general thoughts about this subject? Well, one thing I would say too, Mark, and I, I, you know, we discussed this a little bit is probably what, you know, kind of got us talking on this subject. And, uh, you know, we try to be very authentic here. Uh, and we know that we have people that are pastors and leaders and people who are just people that love Jesus, that just tune in and listen. Um, but, I've dealt with, especially early on in ministry, dealt with moments and times that I would have felt burnout. Mm-hmm. And um, and what it can do, is, you, which you just highlighted, it can put you into these tattered places emotionally. And then when you're making decisions and you're living life, you're doing things off of frazzled emotions. And most of the time, I think we can all agree that that's not the best place to be making decisions. So the more that you can keep yourself you know, healthy mentally, physically, emotionally, and then ultimately spiritually, it really plays into helping make the best decisions in life. Yeah, absolutely. Now, a little bit later, we're going to talk about the issue of perseverance in in difficult times. And, you know, we're not saying that, you know, because let's face it, occasionally it is easy to claim burnout Yeah. when there are other issues at play. So we're not saying we're trying to hold the tension here that burnout is a very real thing. Yes. We're also saying that in ministry and in life, there are times yep. we just have to persevere and push through difficult things. Yep. I mean, I don't get to cease being a parent or a husband because things aren't going well yep. in a particular area of my life. I have to just persevere and hold on to those things. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. And one of the keys is as a follower of Christ— we believe that Jesus gives us through the Holy Spirit wisdom and understanding. And so when you navigate through these things, and we're, we are frail, so we're not, nobody is perfect when it, when it comes to this, but the Lord wants us to be in places that we're making good decisions from good places rather than going through, through burnout. And so, yes, there is that distinction. You know, someone says, oh, I worked 40 hours this week. I'm burned out. You know, <laughs> eh, well, that's maybe not exactly burnout. But we're going to go through because one of the things that I feel like is that somebody can, can – burnout is not a how many hours I work this week. I think it has to do with other emotional things that are far more important. Uh, and we'll we'll discuss that. All right, let me read a 
just a simple definition okay. of burnout. Maybe you can comment mm-hmm. on it. So burnout is the result of long-term unresolved workplace stress, yeah. usually resulting in a sense of exhaustion and cynicism. I think that's an incredible definition. And um I and it, and it plays to this. You know, when I was a new believer, I had somebody I was telling you this earlier, there was a friend of mine and and he would always say to me, "Well, just fake it till you make it. Just fake it till you make it." And he said that a few times and I was like, "You know, I don't think that that can really please Jesus that I'm faking it till I make it." I certainly understand the thought is like sometimes you don't always feel, you know, spiritual and you have sure. to, you know, walk, walk it out. I, I get that part. But I think that it also plays into things like this is that if you're living in a place and you have unprocessed emotions, you're going through things, but you're not processing them. And it could be something just as like I'm at the wrong job doing the wrong thing, or maybe I have a superior that I I work with that I'm not being honest with them and I'm doing and saying things. But what you're doing is you're not resolving issues. And then over the long term, Listen, somebody could work 25 hours a week and be burned out because it's what they're doing isn't genuine. And authenticity is so important. When you start living your life doing things, but it's not for the right reasons, I think that that is, probably has more to do with burnout. I mean, if I'm doing things that I love, if I work 80 hours a week, it will not burn me out because I love what I'm doing. Um, but if I'm in a place that I'm doing things that I either don't feel called to or I'm not in a good place mentally or emotionally, I think that that's the path that leads you to burnout. Would yeah, you agree? Absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. Now, I also know you. I don't think you're encouraging people to work 80. Now. Of course yeah, not. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have other relationships in our life. And it's important that we're governing yeah. and managing those well. But there will be seasons. Absolutely. So when, I mean, when I went to Vietnam for two weeks, I mean, we were working a lot of long hours. But yep. I, I love what God was doing there. It didn't burn me out. Was I tired? Yes, but I wasn't burned out. And and it's really important to make those distinctions. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I found that if I am working in an area, in a type of work that God has equipped me for, when I'm ministering, when I'm working, so I'm a visionary by nature. When I'm thinking, when I'm planning, when I'm thinking about the future and all these Mm -hmm. things, that's energizing for me. You know, I can spend hours doing that when I'm done. It's like I look at the clock and go, oh, wow, you know, it's been seven hours. I didn't eat lunch. I wasn't even hungry. I didn't think about it. I was just like, it was exciting. Now put me in front of a spreadsheet. An hour of doing an expense report. There you go. Would drive me absolutely nuts. Absolutely. Uh, So, you know, but that's, so it doesn't now, but it is important. I think it's especially for young leaders that might be listening we're not saying when we talk about that it's important for us to line up, we're not saying that you're looking for the job that you never have to do anything that you don't enjoy doing. Yeah. I know you better than that. We, yeah. you know, that's not life. That's exactly nowhere. You know, yeah. exactly. Even if you started your own company that was exactly what you wanted to do, you'd find yourself having to do stuff you don't really enjoy doing. Well, and, I, and you probably agree with this, but when I talk to young pastors and leaders and they and they talk about things, listen, God will put 
things in your life that you act, you absolutely do not enjoy. I've talked to people that are pastors that don't like going to hospital calls, mm. don't like doing funerals and weddings. Don't I mean certain parts of what they do that they don't like. And I think that there's a part there where we do what we love, but God will put things in the path that we go, I don't really love this, right. but I do it for the glory of God. And when you can find a peace with that, it actually will energize you. But listen, I don't think that Jesus even did everything that he just personally enjoyed. Like today, I'm going to go take on the scribes and the Pharisees <laughs> and call them a brood of vipers because it just brings great joy to my life. You know, there's just things that aren't always enjoyable. Yeah, 100%. I mean, as a matter of fact, Jesus said, I only do what I see my father doing. Yep. So, you know, I think one of the takeaways from that is we are less likely to enter into burnout if we do have a dynamic, fresh, alive relationship with God. Amen. And then we do the things that ultimately he's called us to do. I, one of the things I've heard you Which say Which also before, means not doing things. <laughs> I mean, knowing what to say no to is, is as important as saying yes. Yeah. Sorry. No, I've heard you say this to the missions team before because, you know, obviously Mark's here and he, he runs the missions team. I've heard, I've heard you say, like, um, I, I do about 30% of the things that I do. I don't really enjoy it. But it gives me the opportunity to do the things that I love. Yeah. And so, listen, that is just a part of what life is. That's not burnout. That's just like welcome to planet Earth. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Actually, so. I say somewhere between 40 and 60 percent of what I do isn't what I love. Yeah. I do that because it gives me the right to do the 40 percent that I absolutely love. Yeah. And, you know, and so that's a ticket of admission. Yeah, that's that's life. Yeah. You know, that's maturity. But, but even the 40 to 60 percent that you're doing that you don't you go, I don't absolutely love it. You still have to come to terms with the Lord and go, this is what God has called me to do. Oh, absolutely. And I find a joy in it, not because it personally benefits every moment of my life. But I know that what I do, I do it for the glory of God and for the souls of men. And or if you're at a workplace and you go, no, this is what God has called me to do. When you do that, the Lord will put a joy in your heart. It actually is one of the keys to living with the with the joy of the Lord, which is the opposite, I think you would agree, of burnout. Yes. And so going to what you just said, for me, one of the number one, so we talked about a spirit, a dynamic spiritual relationship. Another key is living on purpose. Yep. If you are living on purpose, so you have a, you know what God's called you to do. You're seeing something that you're doing as a broader, you're making a greater impact than yourself and what you're doing that just that what flows out of you. I think there's, there's a, there's going to be a depth of that. That's going to prevent you from, from burnout. So, all right, let me ask. So we, we, I gave you that little description earlier, that definition. Here are some common symptoms okay. that tend to flow out of that. Cynicism. Becoming easily irritated with other people. <laughs> You're not allowed to name anybody's name here. Lacking motivation. Becoming unproductive. Things take seem to take more effort and energy to do than they used to do, take. Physical symptoms of long-term stress, such as illness and insomnia. Wow. I would say relational tension. Yep. So, 
and speak and, into yeah, and the fallout of that. Yeah, and every study will show you the fallout of that is what it does to relationships, what it does to you personally, what it does to your health. I mean, all of it, it doesn't just affect like, oh, I'm emotionally going through difficulties with my work. It tends to flow in. I mean, people that deal with these things wind up going through divorces, mm. wind up getting fired from jobs, wind up going through difficult, you know. And so the, the difficulties that you face when you go through this, this is not a small issue. One thing that the reason I snickered when you said cynicism mm. <laughs> is probably if if you put a scale of one to ten with John and Mark uh, here on Truth and Grace, if we were true and honest, both of us tend to be we, we can have that cynical side of life. We're realist. We are realist. <laughs> we are really cynical. And so, but here, but here's what I've discovered, and I think it would be with you is that that when you have you know personality types like that that you always need the grace of God to season that because if I don't, my cynicism could, could turn out to be very negative. And so when, when the love of God can meet some of those areas that you, that you just went through that are real areas, you need the grace of God to go make sure that I don't go far too far down this road, that the Holy spirit doesn't check it and then bring me back to a healthy place. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we talked about a, th- a thriving relationship, or we wanted to say the flip side of that is a lack of a thriving relationship with God. Yep. So we're not we're not feeding our souls. That's one th- potential cause of burnout. Yep. We talked about the not living on purpose yep. as a potential cause of burnout. Um, wh- what do you see as maybe some other potential causes of burnout? Yeah, and I hope that this helps. This is a great question, Mark. But this is one thing that I feel really strongly about is, yes, it's important we have a good relationship with God. Yes, it's important that we have a good relationship with our spouse and our family. But I think in regards to burnout, how we see God, first of all, but the relationship that we have with ourselves Mm. is so key to this because you have to know yourself. And when you start going to these dark places or you start going to this place of feeling futile, like what what does life matter? Why am I doing what Mm. I'm doing? When you start to go down that too far, you're not processing those emotions. And the relationship you have with yourself is the first thing that then starts to deteriorate your relationship with the Lord, your relationship with your spouse and other people. Mm. And and it can can start to spiral. And and to me, and I, you know, that may mean, mean that you need to go see somebody that's a counselor or a pastor or a friend to help you navigate through that. But it is so important that we that we really introspectively that we process our emotions. Otherwise, we wind up in unhealthy places. Yeah, that sounds that's so good, John. I I was thinking about as, as you were even talking about that, that, you know, so much of, you know, in the garden for there were four relationships that were broken when when man sinned. We we always understand the man's relationship with God was broken, but you just described it. Man's relationship with himself was broken. Yep. Man's relationship with his neighbor was broken, and man's relationship with his environment was broken. So you talked primarily there about three of those: man's relationship with himself. You know, of course, man's relationship with God being broken impacts that relationship with self, but. 
you know, then if we're if our relationship with ourself is broken, we don't understand who our we're gonna. It's gonna have implications in our relationships with others. So the flip side of that is one of the ways uh, for myself I've discovered of preventing burnout is understanding that I don't live life alone. Yep. I know I'm actually not in a healthy place when I'm pushing people away. You know, that's even psychologists will tell you if you're dealing with difficult issues like this, you will not get better alone. Yeah. You have to live in community. Well, and for the context for some people, and I, I tend to be an extrovert. And sometimes the, the downside to being an extrovert is that, that we can know a thousand people. And then if we're not careful, not really know anybody. Mm-hmm. And then what you deal with in that is it's really important that when you hit those places that you have people that are friends that you can go to and be completely honest, mm-hmm. uh, be transparent with them, and then go through to help start dealing with the emotions. Because if you don't, you, you then you wind up being an island to yourself. And whether it's pastors and leaders, and that's it's been highlighted in the media for the last few years where a lot of people, or even individuals, but wind up in this place where you're working, you're serving at church, you're doing all these things, but really on the inside, you're you're dying. Mm-hmm. That is that is the alarm bell from God going, hey, those emotions striking up in your heart is God sending a message to you that's saying you really have to deal with these issues. And I, I want to throw a question back to you, Mark, as sure. we're talking about this. So when so when you get to this place and you go, hey, I realize that I'm in this spot and I don't want to stay here. I really want to move on. I want yeah. to do God's will. So what are the steps that you would encourage somebody that's watching today to go, here's here's the the first steps that I need to start to walk through so that I can uh, find that vibrant life that I once had? Yeah, that's a good question. And I'm certainly not a counselor, <laughs> you know, and so yeah. I, all I can do is really answer from my own perspective. Yep. And in order to even start down this path, I have to acknowledge I've been here. Yep. You know, I, I've dealt with certainly what I would call low-grade burnout. I've dealt with low-grade depression, mm-hmm. you know, probably not to the point that I needed, like, to see a counselor, but in the sense that, you know, I have a very close friend who is a counselor, and I would even tell him occasionally, you know, okay, I won't call his name, but, I, you know, I'll call him Bob. Say, okay, Bob, <laughs> right now... I need you to step out of your friend role and I need you to be a counselor and tell me what I need here. Yep. You know, because what I found is, you know, it was those things I, I was starting to pull back from people. I was always tired. Yeah. It never, it, it was like a, a pool I, I could never replenish, you know, no matter, it wasn't about sleeping. You know, but though when I had, I would set aside time to sleep, I wouldn't sleep well. Yep. You know, uh, nothing was fun. You know, so for me, one, it was finding trusted people that I could walk with. You know, so these were close friends. Hey, could I interject something there too? Because I don't know. Yeah, You may not deal with this. uh, I, I probably have in the past. Where there was a, 
um, there was nearly like a, the the way that I would look at going to a counselor because of the some of the opinions and stereotypes that people have. Like, mm-hmm. you need a counselor. Um, and it kept me at moments of going to people for help in the moments that I needed. Yeah. Them. And I don't know if, if you've dealt with that, but it sounds a little bit like Bob might have been your chief counselor there. <laughs> you didn't actually have to go to an office <laughs> and feel like, okay, I'm the person who needs the counselor. But Well, just so you know, yeah. when I was talking to Bob, one of the questions I asked him was, do I need? You're a professional. Yeah. Do I do you think I need to go see a professional and not you? You're my friend. Right. And I need you to stay my friend because friends are hard to find, <laughs> you know. And yeah. so I, I, I could find another counselor, you know, easier than I can find another friend. Yep. But I would ask him very specifically, do you think where I'm at? Do mm-hmm. I have I stepped over a line where you think I need professional help? I would be the first to tell. I used to, you know, I've led so many people who did difficult work in difficult places. And I would say to them regularly, asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Actually, yep. not asking for help is a sign of weakness. Yeah. And, so, and whether that's just a general psychologist or I know at the church that I pastored, you know, we had a biblical counseling center right in the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's a pastor a deacon or an elder. And when, when you can, when you're talking to people like that, like you're saying, if, if they're not equipped to help you, then the smart thing that they should do, the godly thing they should do is go, Hey, this is beyond my ability, but help me, let, let me help you to walk through this with a professional. And there's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't make you a bad or a weak person, like you're saying. Yes. And, and even the, you know, we're take this one step further is the whole issue of medication. Yeah. You know, if, you know, if if my spleen wasn't working, you know, or if my thyroid wasn't working, nobody's going to judge me, or at least nobody with any rationality is going to judge me for taking medication to, to compensate for my thyroid that's not working. Absolutely. If my mind, if my brain has something that is short circuiting in it, and my brain's not producing enough dopamine, enough endorphins, the things yep. that make us have joy. My brain's not producing that. We shouldn't view our minds differently than we view other organs yep. in our bodies. Now, are they more complex? Absolutely. Because yep. somewhere in there, our spirit and our mind, they intersect. Yep. We acknowledge that. Yep. But, you know, I've, I've heard... Fr- one of my close friends said, who walked through a very, very dark time, he said his doctor told him, he said, I'm, I'm going to recommend that you take, you know, some medicine. Mm-hmm. And he was really godly man, loved Jesus, kind of pushed back mm-hmm. on that. He's like, I don't know. I feel like maybe I ought, to, should, I ought to be able to just get where I need to go through a spiritual, you know, thing. <laughs> and, and, and he wasn't trying to, he wasn't anti-medicine. It was just like you said, there's so many stereotypes. That's it. So there's the narrative we tell ourselves. There's the narrative that we think others would, what they would think of us if we weren't, if they knew. Yeah. And this counselor had a br- brilliant response. He said, look, you're in a ditch. You're in a hole. Yep. All medicine is going to help you do is realize, oh, I can put the shovel down and stop digging. (laughs) (laughs) 
He goes, because yeah. right now, everything you're doing is you're just looking down and you're even in your efforts to get better, you're just digging a deeper and a deeper and a deeper hole. Yeah. He goes, this is going to help you put the shovel down and realize, oh, there's a ladder in the corner over here that I can climb to get out of this hole. <laughs> yeah. And well, as, as we're talking about this, uh, certainly the subject today is burnout. But this does apply to a lot of areas. You know, maybe if I would just say this and we'll, we'll kind of get back onto the burnout part of it. But, um, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, medication, I'm on the same page as you. Uh, sometimes it's necessary, sometimes shorter terms, longer terms. What I would say to people is this. Don't just do medication because, you know, sometimes you can medicate problems. But I feel like that as, you, as you're doing that, if it's necessary, that you also need to process some of those emotions as well. So you don't just, you know, because medic, medicating yourself can get you into a dangerous road as well. So you want to have a good balance and having a professional to help you navigate through that is really important. I, yeah, I would say, you know, anything I've referred to related to medicine is 100 percent done under this supervision of a medical professional. And, mm -hmm. and obviously, you know, if we're talking about our minds, our spirits, I want to be working with a doctor who shares my worldview. Yes. You know, who shares my Christian worldview. So yeah. not somebody, you know, that, that, I think for me, that's important, yeah. you know, not just that they can provide me a safe place to talk, but they're going to help guide me in that moment of vulnerability. And I want to make sure they're guiding me toward a Christ-centered approach to healing. Amen. Good, good word, Mark. So, so, so now we're going through some of the first steps. And I know you said you're not a counselor, but I think that was actually some really good counsel you well, just gave. Uh, but it, now, it's just, it's just stuff I've had to live out in my own life, John. Amen. You know, it's not. I, I'm not trying to give anybody. This is your approach. I've had to deal with this in my own life. You know, when expectations of life things didn't turn out the way you hoped they would. You know, people look from the outside, they look in, they go, oh man, he's got it all together. Yeah. And inside you're going, this isn't what I had planned for. You know, this area of my life didn't turn out the way I hoped it would. This area didn't turn out the way I hoped it would. You know, even when we get opportunities and we feel like, well, that's not really the right thing for me. Yeah. Even, in, even in that, which, you know, it's like somebody gave you, a, offered you a job. And you, you're like praying and you're like, I don't think that's for me. That, that happened to me one time where somebody asked me to take over a ministry and everything is out of me. Man, it's like, this is exciting. And I prayed and it's like, nope, this isn't what the Lord wants. And even though I absolutely knew I was following God's will, there was still an element of mourning yep. attached to what felt like lost opportunity. And so I'm just trying to help people walk through from a from an experiential place of where I've had to walk through in my own life. And one of the things I have discovered, and I think this applies to burnout, because I think one of the things that burnout comes from is unmet expectations. Yep. And that is the seeds of discouragement. Mm -hmm. So we could say the seeds of burnout grow the best in the fertile field between met and unmet expectations. That's great. You know, I, I somebody have, needs to write that down, by the way. <laughs> you know, I have my I, we all go into everything. We go into work. We go into relationships with a set of expectations. Yep. Sometimes they're realistic. Sometimes they're not. 
And then in the middle where they don't become a reality, that's where our hearts can get really sideways. We can get sideways with God. We can get sideways with others. And as you nailed it so well, we get sideways with ourselves. And the lies that we are most prone to believe are the ones we tell ourselves. One thousand percent. Ultimately, it's a lie of the enemy. Yeah. But he'll speak it and you believe it. And then and then you live with with the results of it. And it it's it's epidemic. I mean, this yeah. is some this is a the blight of humanity. It's what we go through. And how we navigate through this when we have those moments is gonna determine whether we find the place of victory or we land in the place of defeat. And just on a spiritual note, I would say this. One thing that happened when I came into an understanding of who I am in Christ Mm. and New Covenant was that we lose agendas. And this is, I think, Mm. a really important thing of going, God, whether whether I pastor a church of 10,000 people or I pastor a church of 50 people, God, I just want to please you and just put me in the places and help me to lose my agendas. Because when we start to crave or desire this or that, the unmet expectations, it really can put us, it can spiral us into a place where where we're disillusioned. Mm -hmm. And then that leads us right to the places of burnout. So I I mentioned for myself, it's making sure I have a good friend. Right. You know, in my case, I would say it's important to have more than one that you're talking to because you know, in the multitude of counselors, there's wisdom. Yeah, and Not you can wear one... somebody out. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I, I didn't even think about that, but that's absolutely true. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, and then so don't do it alone. Yep. Um, be quick to seek a counselor, a professional, if you need it. What would you say is maybe a th- another approach to burnout. Well, th- this kind of um, segues segues us to, you know, because we're talking about the internal uh, things that we can do, but it segues us to a, another aspect of going, you know, sometimes you may get to a place and go, I need to change things in my life. Yep. Now, I would say this, don't change the things in your life before you get to the place of being in a healthy place. Mm -hmm. Because people who are in unhealthy places that are dealing with burnouts that start to make major changes in their life, I mean, can we just say train wreck? I mean, 99 times out of 100, it leads you to a bad place because most of the time you don't get to good places by making uh, decisions from a bad place. And so as you are navigating through that, Sometimes the remedy, and I, and I'll ask you this question, is it may mean that I, I need to find another place to live, uh, whether that's in the same city or another area. That may mean I need to find another job or yep. what I do at the place that I'm at. But but there there may be a, a process of looking at things and going, I need to change the realities of where I'm at. Some of it can be internal. But then some of it can be because I'm not aligned with the values that I have are not aligned with what I'm doing. Oh, absolutely. So would you answer that? Yeah, well, I, I, all I could, I mean, you, what, <laughs> I, I, was, sure yeah, I think I was a shout amen there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I agree 100%. Um, you know, I was talking to one of my children recently, and he was talking about where he wanted to work. Mm. And he was saying, you know, not only, and I really appreciated about this about him, he said, not only do I want work, that I find meaningful, but I want to make sure that my values yep. line up, you know, or maybe I should say that the company's values that I'm working for line up with my own personal values. 
this may be deeper than they want to make money and I want to make money. (laughs) Yeah, because he actually said, you know, obviously I need to make money. There's not a question about that. But I want to make sure that if if my role is helping them succeed, that their success is actually for good. Yep. I don't want to be, you know, he was saying, I don't want to be helping a company that's not committed to doing things right and, you know, and, and well and good for people and, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah. so toxic, sometimes one of the causes we've talked about, you know, you just described it, you didn't use these words, but sometimes things that can lead to burnout can be like toxic environments Yeah. that we find ourselves in, whether they're relationships we're in or their workplace environments that are toxic you know, and in those cases, I think that the, you're not it's one of those tough challenges because we we don't want to make bad decisions mm-hmm. when we're in a tough, difficult place. <laughs> and yet sometimes we have to realize I may not be able to get completely well in this toxic environment. For me, that's where having trusted friends comes into play. So yeah. people who can help me process so that I'm not just making, yes, it, I might be prone to, depending on my personality, I might be prone to flee, you know, too soon. Yep. Or you and I have the opposite personality. We're more likely to stay longer yeah. than we should because we're just like, if this kills me, <laughs> I'm going to persevere. Oh, it started when I was a kid learning to ride a bicycle. Mm. And, I, and I remember I had fallen down a time or two and my dad was like, you're a Bailey. We don't quit. And, wow. you know, and, and it's been something that stuck in my mind is like, mm. you don't quit or, or, or give up, you know, just an interesting, as you were talking, it reminded me of a testimony at the church that I pastored in Jacksonville. We had an altar call and of people that were struggling with things. And this man came up. And he, I mean, he's in tears and he says to me, he says, Pastor, I need prayer. I'm in a, my workplace is toxic. You know, he, he started to talk about his struggles. He's weeping as he's, as he's talking about it. And, you know, I just, you know, need grace to be able to make it through. And I remember the, the, and it was the Holy Spirit because there's sometimes that I would say to people, Hey, you know, God will give you the grace to get mm-hmm. through it. But the Lord spoke to me uh, really clearly. And I said to him, I, I said, listen, I think you need to leave the place that you're at. I, yes, you know, I, I, you know, this isn't about fixing your workplace. Mm. You need to start looking for another place to work. And uh, literally, he came back to me in two weeks. He put out for another job. He found another job. He loved his new job, mm. and it was like his whole demeanor changed. Mm. Because the place that he was at was toxic. He was trying, I don't want to quit, and what's in the future? But sometimes, you know, it may be the thing that we need to explore and go, maybe God is shifting me from one place to another. Uh, Not to run. Don't ever run from your problems. When you run from your problems, you always take your problems with you. Absolutely. But it can be a shift in the things that you're doing and making sure that you're in places doing things that are aligned with your values, that actually can be one of the greatest things to help fix this. Yeah. I, you know, we've talked a lot about secular, you know, approaches or, or just a, we've talked yeah. about the fact that burnout is not a secular or a sacred. It's a human yeah. condition. Both of us come from ministry backgrounds. 
I think a lot of people who listen to our podcast, maybe they're not professional ministers, though I think we have a lot who are. Absolutely. Um, you and I both would acknowledge that just because you're in ministry doesn't make you immune yep. to burnout. Absolutely. I know I've lived, spent the last 30 plus years of my life in ministry and walked through a season of of it's certainly what I would refer to as mild burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you and I have talked about this before. Um, somebody's watching today, listening. Yep. They're in ministry, and the joy is gone. Yep. What do you say to them? Well, first thing I would say, you're not alone. Yep. Because, Mark, Mark, what you just highlighted, I would actually like to find one pastor or leader that has never dealt with any of this, these emotions at all, because I would probably say to you, if I, if I've known a thousand pastors and leaders, every one of them would be able to go back to times and listen, King David and people Mm -hmm. through the word, uh, the apostle Paul had a thorn in the flesh. We, We all have battles that we go through and then navigating through that is just so important and where it brings us to. So the first thing I would say to somebody is, like, A, you're, you're not alone. Uh, the second thing I would tell you is that there can be a lot of pressures with ministry. Mm-hmm. And some of those are pressures that people place on us. Uh, sometimes just the world that we live in can be difficult. But most of the time I find with pastors and leaders, it's pressure that they put on themselves to perform or have a larger church or uh, and we want to grow. And, and, then we, and then it ties to our identity. That is a really... Not not a a great place to live. Mm. And so one thing that I would say is if you're a pastor leader, hey, you're not alone. We've all dealt with these emotions. I remember one point in my life, um, a crime had actually been perpetrated against my family. Mm. Uh, won't go into the details about that. But it put me into a place where I was really struggling with unforgiveness. And I found myself going up to preach every week and even doing outreaches. And I was saying the words, but they were hollow. And uh, I, I don't even, you know, and there may be pastors that can identify with this. I'd see people come up and give their lives to Christ. And I'm literally standing there going, how in the world is anybody getting saved? Because I was at such a low place sure. myself. Yeah. But thank God the Holy Spirit works through us, even in times when we speak his word. But what, what you do need to know, and you need to know it from John and Mark and from Jesus like we genuinely, we care about you and God cares about you. Yeah. And more than the ministry that you do, I want you to know today that God wants you to be in a good place mentally, emotionally. So as you're going through this, like, and it, and I had to have that breakthrough moment where I had to come to the Lord in this place of letting things go, processing through things, because ministry is hard. And the first person that God deals with before he does anybody in your church or ministry mm-hmm. is you. And I think it's really important that we respond to that. We ask God to help us to navigate through that and and let the Lord go back to those fundamental things of mm-hmm. prayer and the word and the life and the love of Jesus flowing through our hearts. And listen, when you can start to go that way, it, it won't stop. It won't heal everything, but it will put you in a pattern of beginning to find a good, healthy place to live. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I love about our culture Yep. Here at World Challenge, is that we we talk about things like prayer, we yep. talk about things like preaching an uncompromised gospel, we talk about 
spending being students of God's word, but in ne- never is that associated with trying to earn merit with God. Ever. Yeah. It's, it's a, a fallacy. It's a trap. Absolutely. Yeah. We don't do any of those things yeah. to earn God's favor. You know, and so everything we're talking about is a, is a f- outflow of God's grace in our life. And for myself, one of the signs and symptoms for myself that I was in burnout was that I couldn't accept God's grace. Well, I was hard on myself and I was imposing that on God. Well, it's like, how could God love me? I don't even love myself. You know, and but with time, with friends, with not giving up on God, you know, God brought me to a place of like, this isn't about you. You know, this was for you. Amen. You know, that's rich. I, I, I moved away from my merit to Christ's merit. And in that process, so much healing came into my life and I started to see joy come back in. I started having fun again. I, you know, I, I had, I, I enjoyed, I know this sounds bizarre. I got to a place where food didn't taste good. And I, you know That's me, bizarre. yeah, I like, I'm a foodie, but I didn't, I didn't even enjoy eating yeah. anymore. But when my, I found that when God restored my heart, he restored my healthy appetites. Yeah. And so today I just want to encourage people if they're walking through that time of they, they, they don't feel joy in their life, you know, they, they, they've, they've pushed people away. They're dealing with burnout. You know, it's not terminal. Yep. <laughs> there is hope. There is life. There is life. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I love about Christianity is we serve a God who raises the dead. Amen. And so today I want us to wrap up with a time of prayer. We do this every week. You got to. Yeah. Can can I ask you this today? Because Mark, today I want you to pray for people today. Mm -hmm. And I want to and I want to just as we go into this, I want everybody that's tuned in listening to us today to go like we really care about you the reason yeah. we do this podcast isn't because we're we're bored and we don't have anything to do with our time <laughs> we stay plenty of plenty busy trying yeah. to do the things that god has called us to do but we really do this because we want to see you thrive in your spiritual life yeah. and mark as you were talking i i sense the holy spirit working in that moment and i believe that there's people that are watching right now that, that whether they're in burnout or they're dealing with some emotional struggles and maybe it's led them to unhealthy places, they could be expressing that out. It could be drugs, yeah. it could be unhealthy relationships, sure. alcohol. I mean, there can be, or, or burning yourself out and being a workaholic at, at work. There's a lot of ways that people deal with this. Yeah. And I want you to pray and I want you to ask the Lord to touch and to speak to some people. If you're here watching today uh, or listening, I just want you to know that God has a plan. He wants to see you through mm-hmm. this. He wants to get you to the other side. There is life and yeah. power. And you got to hold on to that. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean that you can keep doing the same things and then find that victory. Sometimes we have to move from the place that we're at and we have to take steps of faith into good, healthy places. Yeah. And today, if you do that, I believe that God will meet you right in that place. Amen. Mark, pray for us. Yeah. Father, we just love you so much. 
Lord, um, when we're in dark places, we just find ourselves uh, we doubting everything. You, we doubt ourselves. We doubt you. Yes. Lord, we're going to ask today for that you come down supernaturally Thank you. by the power of your Holy Spirit. Praise God. Lord, and you set minds free. Lord, Hallelujah. we believe in the healing power of Jesus. Lord, you sent the Holy Spirit into the world to walk beside us, to encourage us, Lord, to strengthen us. And Lord, today, that's what we're asking. Lord, for anybody watching this podcast, listening to it, Lord, who's walking through a dark season, Lord, we are praying that you will flip on the lights. Father, that you will restore life to broken, dry soil. Lord, that the enemy has has starved from water. Lord, we're just asking that you would pour water on in a way that would bring healing and hope and fruitfulness. Lord, I know that one of the signs that we're walking in difficult times is that we lose hope for the future. So, Lord, today we're praying for a restoration of hope. Lord, that people would see that There is hope in God and that you have a hope for us, a hope and a future that you have for us. So, Lord, we just pray that. We believe it. Lord, I wish that we could actually reach out our hands and put them on people today so that there could be a sense of spiritual impartation. Lord, that they would understand just how deeply they are loved by God and by his body. Lord, we thank you for this. Thanks for bringing hope and healing into my life and to others, Lord, who've walked through these seasons. We give you praise for it, oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Truth and Grace with John and Mark. Some weeks are lighter and some weeks are heavier. We always appreciate the fact that you're here. And one of the things we always want to do is to remind you that the reason we do this, John, is because we think there's a third chair right here that we, we're, we're inviting people to join us in this conversation. So please join us again next week. In the meantime, if you find the content valuable, share it with your friends, make a comment, let us know what you're thinking. We want to serve you in a better way. God bless. Thanks so much for joining us. We know your time is valuable and we're so thankful you chose to spend it with us. If you enjoy listening to John and Mark, you could see both of them in person at the Fire in Our Bones conferences. Their heart is to see your passion for God and your calling rekindled. Check out worldchallenge.org or the show notes for more details. John and Mark will be back next week to offer their insight into how believers can live, love, and lead well in a broken world. We'll see you next time.